TikTok, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great, but it's the worst because you'll go there <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm just going passing yeah. time. Yeah. An hour goes by and then a guy comes on the screen like, hey, you've been scrolling for a little time. You're like, oh. Do you drink water today? And you're like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> like, I have it. Start to get you like they said like your your for you page gets like real scary because sometimes you're just like how did you know like I didn't even know like I didn't even admit that to myself yet (laughs) you know that that's what I am like how did that happen I'm Gabe. And we're, and we're the Ghouls Next, Next Door. Door. Talking about spooky stuff. As we do, man. Yes. And we have a special episode. Um, it's been a minute since we've done a fun interview and not just ranted about capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other systems that be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not stepping too far away from ranting about systems of oppression but <laughs> we get to to do it a little more relaxing way uh and so today we're going to be talking to a phenomenal filmmaker that i am incredibly like appreciative of like to interact with in many spaces and just like throughout my filmmaking career just being connected um to her and uh it's the minute i heard she had a <laughs> short horror film i was like that's it it's happening i was like cat this is going on yeah yeah Yeah, you did i i was there uh you messaged me you're like we're interviewing you and i was like okay cool and then i saw the film and i was like oh my god okay cool i was like right right (laughs) if any like film was made for the ghouls um this is definitely it so we are going to be bringing in uh shamika sawyer hello (laughs) (laughs) we get big fans Yes. Well, welcome to our show. Um, thank you so much for for joining us and talking about uh, your film, GRWM, Get Ready With Me, and spooky horror film uh, that is, we'll get into it because I'm like, I'm already like, my brain is going at a million miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to introduce you to our listeners, Shamika is an award-winning Black film and media producer. She is the founder and creative director of Five Shorts Project, one of the few film production companies in Philadelphia, owned and operated by an African-American woman. And it is a great program. <laughs> it's just like so many amazing projects have come through there. Uh, so can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? and five shorts sure so um again i'm shimika sawyer i got into filmmaking when i was in college Uh, my major was communications and i had to find like an elective so i decided to take up video production and cinematography um i'm a little bit like because when I started that, I was also doing like funny videos with my oldest brother at the time, mm-hmm. but um, he had passed away from cancer. So I started getting more into film while I was at school. And then I created the Five Shorts Project as a way to 
feel closer to my brother because I miss um, the things we used to do together. But also I wanted to connect with local filmmakers who were uh, creating some phenomenal stuff. So it started out with just filmmakers, people who already knew how to make films, getting together and making short films. As time went on, more people were interested in learning the process of filmmaking who had no experience at all, not even writing the script. So um, I transitioned the project to teaching people who um, didn't know how to make films, teaching them how to make the film from turning their idea into actual script and then into a short film. And then once all the films are done that we work on, we have a red carpet premiere to premiere the film. So I wanted to, to give them the whole experience as best as I could in here in Philadelphia. So there it is yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and you do, you know, like, uh, like we met through Philly Cam, which is, yeah. you know, a home for people who just want to make some content and have no idea where to start and don't know what resources are there. So I always like appreciated five shorts because oftentimes like Philly cam is very focused on like TV programming. Like we have a lot of regular Mm -hmm. television shows, um, but not so much like the filmmaking process, which can be completely different beasts. (laughs) Like, and as far as like production goes and planning and like getting actors and there's just like so much more you have to consider and it. It's, amazing to have that like support system to have like this mix of people because it's like the people who are involved like they're pitching their own ideas but they're also helping on the other projects right yes they do they they actually do help out one another whether it's finding locations finding actors working as a production assistant working on camera sound like yeah it, it turns into a collaborative effort at the end of the day between all of us. And I do want to mention Philly Cam was very instrumental in me starting five shirts. I had the membership and I was like, what can I do with this? So I actually held my first meeting for five shirts at Philly Cam and had, I've been there ever since. So shout out to Philly Cam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. If you're in Philadelphia, make sure you check us out. Uh, It's a great place to start. uh, If you just have an idea and you're like, what do I do? Great networking place as well. Um, And like, you've been pretty foundational in just like even my growth uh, as a filmmaker. Um, I remember when I first was working at Philly Cam, having you on a panel about like a short mm-hmm. film that you had produced. And there was this whole discussion of like, you weren't seeing, you know, yourself represented in film or like it was hard to get roles. And so it was like, I'll make my own film. And then I have my own reels and I could do it. And I was like, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> like why did I do that? Um, to the point where that's like, you know, influence like what we do, like a big part of nice. the reason why we act in our films is like one, it's convenient, but also cause it's like, who else is going to, come to bat for us but us you know like at the end of the day exactly and I I really feel like we need more women voices behind the camera writing the scripts you know shooting and acting I mean it's different for me when um I'm on a production where a guy is a director against 
a woman mm-hmm. being a director. Yeah. And I think as women, we we do set the tone. I'm sorry, guys. We set the tone. <laughs> yeah. You know, we know how to organize, coordinate everything. And uh, we have all the answers all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's already been thought out. There's already like plan three, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z. <laughs> like, and you know, everyone knows what's happening when. Uh, and it's also like a, I would say a more welcoming space too. There have been some sets I've been on that have been very male centric where I'm just like, (laughs) very intense, right? We're just going to be more intense. Yeah. (laughs) It's a total change in vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And then like working with like, like femme presenting or even non-binary. I remember when production I worked on with Osley Dukan and it was like, completely transformative I was like everyone's like helping everyone like they're not in like their little silo pockets of like I do this job everyone's just like let's work together and like really bring this production to be what we want it to be and it it, yeah we need more of that (laughs) we need more of those spaces like a hundred percent Yes. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention before we hop into this is that uh, we, so your film and then our film Jolly Butcher has been stream, uh, screening uh, as part of Cinespeak. But Cinespeak, which yeah. is an amazing local organization, is screening both of our films, um, which is like, it's like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, what an honor to be <laughs> like, in a, no. like a festival screening, like alongside you. Um, but I was like, reminding Kat and talking about it that like our because we have a few short films but the only other time our films have ever been screened is at five shorts like red carpet and that like you would ask and I was just like oh my god (laughs) this is like so cool listen Um, it it was really well done what you guys did I loved it it was funny it was entertaining it was engaging and I was like well it's it's Gabe like we go back (laughs) (laughs) right and I'm like, I would love to to show this at Five Shirts because I want, you know, the people that we're connected to to also, you know, learn about you guys and what you're doing with your podcast and, and all the amazing uh, films you're making. So it was like a no brainer for me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just like super appreciate that. Like it meant the world to us to like hear people laugh at our silly jokes right. like in person or like to like re- have those reactions. Like I, we yes wouldn't have had that without you so we just want to say thank you so much for that yes yes um you looked it up on my phone it is towards the other side local towards the other side not through the other side super close (laughs) i knew it was i knew the other side was was long it was a long title i had to scroll to find it (laughs) um well kat why don't you tell us what uh grwm is about Yes, get ready with me. Jess, a micro social media influencer, is dealing with the weight of society on her shoulders. Her anxiety meds cannot save her from a visitor waiting patiently to show Jess's virtual audience her true identity. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that grabbed me. I was like reading it. (laughs) And I was just like, first of all, what's a micro social media influencer? Um, (laughs) And I was quickly educated. that is and I was like I think I'm a micro that's something I can aspire to (laughs) instead of like you know all the way out there Um, right but I wanted to to ask like where did you come up with the idea to do this horror film yeah so um like many others you know you're on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook and you see individuals who um 
are making these really great videos, you know, promoting products or just showing you a day in their life. And I always wonder, who are they really outside mm-hmm. of who they show us on screen? What's the other side of them that they're not showing us? Who is that person? So that kind of inspired uh, Jess, uh, my character in this film, like just the creation of her uh, being one thing on in front of the camera and um, having her visitor yeah. <laughs> show up um, at not so great times for her. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit of that. And then also too, I wanted to touch on, you know, with women of color, Mm -hmm. the pressure in society um, to put on a mask, as I put in the film, like Mm -hmm. we're in this mask of you don't really feel like you can actually be yourself 100% because of all of the stereotypes out there. You don't want to be reduced to that. So many of us, you know, it's called imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to present a, a, a part of you that's not truly authentic, but because you want to fit in and feel like you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you create this persona that you show to the world. And I just wanted to touch a little bit on why, um, especially Black women, mm-hmm. have issue with imposter syndrome and feeling like they cannot really be themselves. So that's what the monologue in the film was all about. Yeah, it's a great exploration of like the social media, like who we are here and then who we are on like on the screen that we're putting out there. This like, yeah, persona, (laughs) like this alter ego that you have um, in, you know, especially thinking of like young people, too, who like have had that their entire lives, like like the younger generations, like Mm -hmm. never had not that. (laughs) So they've always like had these entire lives on TV. Yeah, Yeah, which is so interesting. Um, and uh, I'm going to pass it over to Kat, but I just wanted to remark on like this, like there's like an intimacy that we feel with, I forget what the term is, but there's like a closeness that we have with quote unquote celebrities or like social media personas Mm -hmm. where they feel like they're your friends. Like Mm -hmm. we feel like we have some ownage, (laughs) like like we own parts of them. And like, because we're, we're fans and there's like that intimacy there because they're accessible they're right there on that Mm -hmm. screen but also like with the fact that like there's you know parts where this this visitor comes in and and there's shock from like the the viewers Mm -hmm. and that was like jolting to me because it is like they are very accessible and they're right there but they're also so far away like Mm -hmm. when we see something like that happen what can we do like as viewers we're like and that's like and then it gets farther than that because you know, what it actually is, <laughs> is like, you're even farther from that. Like, it's not even something that you can like call the cops and be like, right. there's somebody in there. Like, that's not. Yeah, because you don't know their address. You don't, you're not, you don't actually know who they are. They're, they're just an internet person. Like, you don't have any contact. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, even just thinking of like the, the Gabby Petito thing that was going on really right. tragic and like, um, but at the same time, um, I'm sadly blanking on her name, but I saw a post that there was a, a young black woman who was also a social media person mm-hmm. who went missing from the same area, no reports, nothing right. like, and, and for like similar reasons too. And so it's just like, 
it just stacked on stacked. <laughs> I was like, there's so many layers to just the experience of Jess in such a short amount of time that is really amazing. It, like in the way that it's kind of thread through. And I think it's, it's relatable on so many levels for, for different people um, who might be experiencing those similar traumas. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. No, 100%. I actually had a question in here that was like literally every. <laughs> Sorry. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like literally, like your yeah. first explanation was like so perfect because I was literally like this resonated so much, and I felt like Jess was like such a relatable character, and I remember seeing like a TikTok kind of about like the anxieties specifically mm-hmm. that like BIPOC face in like this persona that they have to put on because the reality is that the world is dangerous for them to be their authentic self. Um, and I thought the use of anxiety is like a diagnosis was really powerful. And I was just curious, like what made you pick anxiety specifically? Was there like personal motivations or kind of just pulling from experience? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, it's weird because most people, um, know that I lost both of my brothers. And prior to that, I didn't deal with anxiety that much, right? But after losing them, I don't know. I I feel like, um, I don't know, I lost protection or something. So mm-hmm. at times I get extreme anxiety, like to the point where I don't even want to go outside. Like it's really that, mm-hmm. that bad. And so I tried to play on... Um, what causes that? Like what, what would cause me to feel like, um, you know, one day I'm okay. I can go to the store and then the next day I'm like, I don't even want to go outside. I just, I don't want to deal with anything. I don't, I just want to shut away from the world. And a lot of it has to do with, um, what happens to people who look like me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I could be driving down a road and get pulled over. And I'm not sure if I'm going to make it home. Yeah. You know, and, you know, but even when I went to college and after when I graduated and I was looking for jobs and because of my name, people wouldn't say it blatantly in my face, but a lot of the times it's like, are you sure you went to UPenn or was it Penn State? Oof. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't know Gross. what college I graduated. I college I too. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. And so, and and I'm going to be honest. Uh, those of us who have like really urban, you know, ethnic names, we go through that, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we don't get the call for the job. You know, so then it's that aspect, and then you know, being a woman of color in the pay scale is that mm-hmm. aspect. So, like all of those things, we think about. And it affects us and it causes us to, number one, have to deal with and confront mental issues like, well, yeah, like anxiety, like depression, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And two, um, not necessarily feeling like you can share this with people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, People say, oh, yeah, I'm, I totally get it. I, I feel you. But there's no help. 
Yeah. So what you do, you, you get some meds and you take them and you cope, you know, but what happens if you run out of meds and that was just, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene yeah. in there where one of her pills <laughs> falls in the toilet and it's a whole other thing about that. It was supposed to be a funny joke that happened at that scene, but you know how it goes in filmmaking. <laughs> so her losing that pill ultimately caused the breakdown of her actual self getting on camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, we're so, in this society, we're so stuck on medicating everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there has to be alternatives to that. But if I don't have my medication, how do I cope? You know, yeah. it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have any other, because we don't have those alternatives. Like here, we just have this westernized idea of like mental yes. health and betterment. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, the uh, solution yeah. is dismantling the systems, but that's not something that like one that person can do can tomorrow. Do. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so it, it's a lot more complicated than that. That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short, that's where the anxiety came. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, so after, so we had watched at the screening on Friday, um, and Kat had brought up this really, like, amazing, like, because you know sometimes we're just like living and we never really stop to think like, should is this how it's supposed to be? Like, (laughs) are we allowed to complain? Um, Just about like how the like if you were to go to therapy. Right, Kat, it was, oh, that, yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> yeah, there was a TikToker who I had seen that essentially was saying that, like, specifically, uh, whenever she was giving anxiety diagnoses to her, like, BIPOC patients, that all she could really do was offer them me- methods to cope. Um, because the reality was that it wasn't like they were anxious about something they can't, like, they shouldn't, it was rational, it, like, they shouldn't be anxious about because the systems that exist make that necessary like that's a means of survival so like all that they could really do as a therapist was provide methods of coping because the solution would be to dismantle all the systems but that's not something like they have the ability to do right now um Mm -hmm. so like yeah all they could do was uh give it medicine give like coping mechanisms and like talk to them about like what the realities of what was happening was yeah Cause those triggers aren't going away. Like mm-hmm. just cause we've acknowledged them or like, usually if so, like something's harming you, you remove yourself from that, but right. we can't when it's the people in power, or the, the, you know, um, that are doing that. Right. Like how do you remove yourself from all of society? Reality. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not how that works. Um, which I, you know, like for me watching, I have this like, uh, understanding of of code switching with Jess mm-hmm. of like being her authentic self and then switching into her uh influencer self um mm-hmm. and that's like because I was like that's that's what it does and so I kind of wanted to pick your your brain about like what your thoughts are on on the toll that code switching takes on like creatives who are constantly having to kind of navigate several different worlds and beings of themselves in each of those worlds. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a tough position to be in, I would think, um, simply because of expectation, right? So if you're uh, even a micro-influencer, and that's why I chose a micro-influencer, it's like you don't have millions of followers, but you do have, you know, a core 
group of people who expect you to be a certain mm-hmm. person. So with that, like even in a film, when Jess was her natural self, I don't know if you noticed, but she didn't have as many comments on actually she, she didn't have any comments on screen mm-hmm. and the viewers was very low. Right. But when she came back as her influence herself, then it's all these comments and, and it was to show that we are praising people into being something that they're not like, we're just praising that. And mm-hmm. when, and if, and when they try to be them themselves is, is frowned upon. It's like, I mean, could you imagine if, uh, let's say, Kim Kardashian decided to get rid of implants or something? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how yeah. would people take her then if she decided, like, you know what, I'm okay with my natural body. Um, I don't want to deal with any surgeries I had. I'd rather just be me. You know how much flack she would get for that? Mm-hmm. Because she already put out this person this persona of you know this is the look this is the look that works and this is what people want to see and this is brand me for and I just think it just it's it's just difficult for people to actually come on camera without makeup like I do it all the time but (laughs) it's like they feel like oh no I have to be perfect like I have to look a certain way before I get on camera and it's just like but what are we Showing for who? (laughs) What are we showing young girls who Mm -hmm. are looking up to you and thinking like, oh, well, I need lip fillers if I want to, you know, have a certain type of look, or I need a nose job, or it's just like uh, it's crazy because it's like, can we really blame the influencer or do we blame the audience or who do we blame? Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're doing what like they're encouraged to do like they're like this mm-hmm. is what gets this is what gets attention this is what gets success and to a point it's like it might even be the only form of appreciation or gratification that you receive like and maybe in your daily life people aren't paying attention to you right and so right. that's all you have are those likes like all you have are those comments of people like intruding on your life so you're afraid to lose them uh which like just keeps pushing you into that and there really is no way out which can be it's honestly like its own horror story yeah, um it really is. <laughs> it's also like you're damned if you do you damned if you don't kind of exactly. thing too because it's like when you're all done up sometimes you'll get people who are like you look so pretty without all that makeup yes. on your face and then <laughs> you take it off and it's like you look tired you look really <laughs> tired today are you feeling okay because you look tired like it's, <laughs> um yeah it's just like yeah you're damned if you do damned if you don't yeah yeah and now you're checking a mirror like oh my god I, well yeah. maybe i need to put concealer on and this foundation <laughs> and it's just like no like i tried it i tried the whole like being done up all the time i'll do it sometimes but it's too much work it's just yeah so it's much, a lot of work. <laughs> too much work i'm like maybe just a little bit of lipstick and a little gloss and i'm out the door yeah. <laughs> it's an hour trying to blend foundation with concealer and putting lashes on and I'm like oh my gosh and I tried lashes and one of them was like hanging off oh, Listen, I, <laughs> I was like I don't know how women do 
this because this is too much work for me. Oh, yeah, I was gluing yeah. my eye to like my eyelids together. I was like, right. oh. <laughs> like that's it, that's it for me. <laughs> I'm just gonna be winking at everybody because right. I can't open this anymore. <laughs> it's a struggle. It's so funny. Um, Kat, do you have a question? Yeah. Um, well, a question, but also just like, I really love this film. Uh, it was amazing. And I think it achieves something that like, I couldn't believe that this was your first horror film because <laughs> it achieves something that like, we love so much about horror and that it's often used as like a media for processing very real life horrors and like the impact that that has. And it was done so well. And I was like, how is this? how first film um and i just yeah. Yeah, i really want to say i hope you keep making horror movies because it was great um i think we all, all the points. together yes <laughs> yeah i said that in the in the car i was like oh Shamika, we need to make films because um, yeah but like everything felt very intentional in the presentation of everything it just like really hit and it reminded me a little bit of babadook even uh and, like how mental health was kind of represented and that you kind of have to live with mm -hmm. your anxiety you have to live with the things that yeah. kind of haunt you and your trauma um but do you think this will ever be like a feature or will there be a sequel or like what is do you think you'll make more horror films kind of well let me tell you at first i thought <laughs> it's just going to be a horror film i mean it's just hard. It's not that deep, right? <laughs> oh boy, I have such an appreciation for the genre because in the edit, it was just like trying to figure out number one, how do you like make somebody scared a little bit or like catch them off guard or, you know, do that, yeah. right? But then two, not do it in a cheesy way where people just say, uh, yeah, no, that's not working. <laughs> and I didn't want to do a slasher film um, just because. I, I will do one though. I just didn't want to do one for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me do a slasher film. I would yeah. love to do that. Um, so I'm thinking about either going back to the scripts and maybe giving more of a backstory to Jess and mm -hmm. possibly making it a feature or a longer short. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I'm thinking about doing. I, I, I'm not sure yet because I was just like, it's over. <laughs> I <got> it <laughs> I'm going to step away for a little bit and take a break. Um, but yes, I will definitely do horror again. Um, my inspirations are like Jordan Peele or Misha Green, like that type of horror I, I really enjoy. But let's be fair, Shamika, I love a Freddy Krueger movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nightmare. But you can actually kind of see, and I really didn't realize this until I was watching Netflix, the movies that made us. And yeah. they had the whole... Um, episode about Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, wait a minute. The the stuff that I kind of incorporated in my short is similar to like a Freddy character who only shows up when you're I'm like, she was asleep, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, she was sitting on her bed. That <laughs> similar. That was like that 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 um that surprise or that 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 character is always lurking in the background that you don't really mm -hmm. see but just hops out at you. So yeah, so well, anyway, I may be crazy, yeah. but when you're like, I, I kind of felt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of felt that, like, you know how Freddie would. It's very scary for someone to like torture you in your dreams, and then you end up like dying in real life. Like that's crazy. You don't ever want to sleep again. And when I was a kid, sneaking and watching Nightmare on the Street, that's how I felt. Like, oh gosh, don't ever want to go to sleep because Freddie's gonna get me. But 
now, I mean, for uh, a lot of us in this society, we, we're living in a constant nightmare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are, yeah. you know. Um, and it's not even always about race, because in Philadelphia, we have a huge gun violence problem, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I'm a mom, so, and I have a, a son who likes to go to the store, and I'm paranoid when he wants to go to the store because I don't know what's if he's going to make it back home. And I'm just going mm-hmm. to and the store yeah. is literally down the street. But so much happens here in Philly and there's, there's no um, specific type of person that this stuff happens to. I was mm-hmm. watching the news in a car, a guy had a heart attack or something in his car and he ran over a mother and child and killed him. Yeah. They were just, mm-hmm. she just picked him up from school and walked home. And I'm like, society can be a doozy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with just thinking of that, you know, it's just, it's constantly like, we're all, especially, you know, people of color, we're always on like heightened alert. Like we have to mm-hmm. watch everything from um, if we're driving down to if we're just walking to the store. Um, we have to constantly like watch our surroundings and make sure that we are at least safe, you mm-hmm. know, even in our neighborhoods. So that's that aspect, um, which is probably totally not answering your question. But <laughs> it's just, it just fits into like, it's just tough. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, you can take those things and you don't have to make them, um, I guess, uh, have you so scared in life because we have to continue to live. Mm-hmm. And so with filmmaking, you can illuminate these stories. You can um, amplify these stories and it gives you the opportunity to uh, create content that sparks dialogue, but it also gives you a sense of release. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't yeah. want to a therapist, but I can get it out this way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully if someone watches it and uh, don't quite understand what it's like to be a black woman, maybe we can have that conversation and maybe yeah. we can start the process of dismantling some thoughts and some stereotypes where we'll work towards the dismantling the system. Yeah. I really think it starts with, with us and having those tough conversations. So, but to answer your question, yes, I will definitely do <laughs> another horror. Um, I love it. Um, it it's, it's not easy, but uh, I love the challenge and I love what you can do with horror mm-hmm. and how you can uh, really spark a lot of conversations with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it could be like a cathartic experience, right? Like for, for you as a creator, like, cause you're like getting it out, like you're releasing mm-hmm. that story that's like in here, but it's also for like viewers who can see themselves represented on screen and be like, I went through that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it also like with um, kind of Jess, when she is like open and honest and has that, kind of discussion about herself I do feel like there you know people might look to that and then the next time instead of just jumping to like oh like you're being this day like maybe we should think like right. try to think of where everyone's coming from <laughs> like, 
So like give each other some space and understanding, especially in the fact that we're an entire panini press (laughs) right now, right? Like we're in a pandemic. Uh, We need space. Like people just need a space. And um, yeah, I think horror can really do that and doesn't often get a lot of credit for uh, being a tool for, for therapy and just like, (laughs) it's just like we're all kind of we're all going through this um and even if you're Mm -hmm. not you can like relate in the fact that like you've been afraid before right you've Mm -hmm. felt unsafe or uncertain uh Mm -hmm. or like you're not alone right like we've all had that so you can Mm -hmm. it kind of opens it up a little easier for you to relate to an experience more than maybe some of other genres might do um Mm -hmm. yeah there's uh Man, where was my question? Because I'm just like, let me talk about all the things I love. Oh, so uh, something that like we've discussed on our show with like guests in the past is that creating horror, like it, it is cathartic, but sometimes like as like creatives and like the, especially for like the actors who are recreating these traumas, right? Like they are often put into these positions where it could be really uh traumatizing (laughs) honestly like it could be really severe and and some of them have been downright tortured like you think of um uh, what's uh his (laughs) no one wants to say his name the shining thank you um Uh, yeah yeah just thinking about like how you know that poor woman was was tortured for what Mm -hmm. right like for what um and when we were uh like and we've talked about that in with uh, Take Back the Night, which was a really amazing film um, about uh, sexual abuse. And so it was like, how do we as creatives, like put, make the stories so that we, it could be that cathartic experience. And so that we're kind of serving that purpose of, of educating others who either don't know or to share experiences with people who do, but also make sure that like, everyone's good (laughs) yeah Yeah. like like you good right (laughs) um and so I really um appreciated uh your your approach to media making especially for horror um so I loved for you to share that with our our listeners on um how you ensured that your your set was a safe environment for everyone involved and like Mm -hmm. we weren't creating more trauma (laughs) while trying to like work through them (laughs) right right well, one thing, um, when I was writing the script, I didn't want to, like, beat someone over the head with issues that, you know, women of color face. I wrote it from a point of view where I just wanted understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the, um, someone at the um, Cine Speak event came up and she said, you know what, I really appreciate how you wrote that. She said, because I didn't feel like you were, you know, pointing a finger at me, but I got a better understanding of the weight that the character was feeling because I didn't feel like I was being personally judged for who I am. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great, because that's what I was going for. I don't necessarily want to point a finger. I just want to show that these are our feelings. And when you see us, and maybe we're not having a good day. And this is probably why, because there's a lot of weight on our shoulders dealing with different things. Not necessarily saying that it's any particular person's fault, but I just want you to understand me as a woman and, and as a woman of color. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, on set, I made sure 
that the main character, um, her alter ego, who was um, tor- tormenting her, actually her mother. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want um, anyone to handle her who didn't have a relationship with her. It sounds weird, but I know a mother is going to make sure that her daughter is okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? And then also, too, like, I gave um, Epic Betty, who is a, um, a guy, the opportunity to direct this. And um, I just wanted to see what would be his take on how to shoot the scenes and mm-hmm. how to the actor just because you know I wanted just get an idea how guys would view this and, and how um they would take on this challenge of this totally woman-centered film mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and uh not take away from uh the things or what we want the audience to experience. So it was really interesting to watch him uh, figure out how we want to shoot certain scenes and director actors and stuff like that. But making sure that everyone was safe uh, mentally was um, a, a huge part of it. So we had some conversations about, you know, why you think this is important? Why should we make this choice? Um, because it, a guy directing, he doesn't understand either. Even if he's a black guy, he doesn't really understand like what we women and black women go through. Mm-hmm. So trying to get him in the headspace of just like this is her life. Like she's a micro influencer, but she feels she has a duty to this audience. They expect her to show up and they expect a certain part of just to show up. They can care less about who she really is. What they want is the person that they clicked on the video and liked and followed her because that's the person they want to follow. They don't want to follow the real her. They want to follow the person that's wearing the mask. So getting him into understanding it and having him watch actual YouTube videos of influencers doing makeup and doing hair and get ready with me, putting on clothes and what I'm doing for today. And... He was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, this is a thing. Like, I'm not, this didn't just come out of thin air. There's actually videos that's ready with me where people are just getting dressed <laughs> no makeup to go out. Yeah. And, and look at all the views they get. I said, so this is what our society has come to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch people do things. Um but you just have to understand the psychology behind it. There's probably a young woman watching who looks up to Jess and wants to mm-hmm. be like Jess, you know? So she wants to know what Jess is wearing and how she did her hair and where she got her makeup. So just trying to make sure that the guys on set understood the, the, the power of these videos and how they influence young people. To the, yeah. to, to the source and just making sure that they stay true to that vision because at one point they were trying to shoot the scene a different way. I said, no, you have to watch the actual video. There's just a camera straight on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walking camera. We're not cutting away to anything because that's not authentic to how yeah. these videos got. You know, yeah. so just having those conversations, it, it was it was fun 
But um, it was also a learning opportunity for them to see. Like, I know guys don't really watch these, but women do. That's so funny. Yeah, because it's like education in the film, but on set. Like, <laughs> I love that. There's like a, um, I'm, I'm always fascinated by a new trend that comes up. Like, you know, Jelly Butcher's in an unboxing video because I'm like, that's yes. perplexing to me. I'm like, how do people just watch, watch people someone open, open a box? <laughs> and they're like, oh, nice. And like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> why do you have yeah, famous for doing that? I did one of those when I first got my guitar. And actually, to my surprise, when I put it on TikTok, I was like, nobody's going to care about that. And I went back and that video had the highest views. I was like, what is it with these videos? I was just playing around. Yeah, so, so I thoroughly appreciated that film. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes. <laughs> and like, it's funny because like, get ready with me. Like, that's uh, there's one, there's a TikToker that I follow who does mm-hmm. get ready with me, where mm-hmm. she, they're getting like ready for a date, and so they're like, "This mm-hmm. is what I'm wearing." But they also like what I like about them is uh, they'll like tell stories about like old dates that they had or Mm -hmm. they'll comment because someone said something real out of pocket, like in Mm -hmm. the comments from their last video. So they're like, let me educate you on some like sexist narrative. Like, and Mm -hmm. I like live for it. Like, cause it's not really like get ready with me. Like that's a part of it. Like they will stop and be like, there's the lip gloss I'm using, but then they like go back to their tirade. Um, And I, I, when I when I saw that that was the title of the film, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be really interesting" because it's like, <laughs> like I already had like this understanding of like what that at least what mm-hmm. kind of person Jess was gonna be because mm-hmm. I know what Get Ready with Me videos mm-hmm. are like, um, and now I know. Yeah, it's more about the conversation. Right? Yeah, it's about the story. It's really mm-hmm. not about what they're doing or what they're putting on, but you get so caught up until you feel like you know them. It's like, oh yeah. yeah Jess- to talk about you know that day when she went somewhere somewhere and tiktok i'm gonna tell you <laughs> yeah is is great but it's the worst because you're going there <laughs> and it's like okay i just want passing yeah. time yeah yeah an hour goes by and then a guy comes on screen like hey you've been scrolling for a little time you're like oh. you drink water today and you're like you're right <laughs> like, i have it <laughs> so it starts quite like they start to get you like they said like your your for you page gets like real scary because sometimes you're just like how did you know like I didn't even know like I didn't even admit that to myself yet (laughs) you know that that's what I am like how did that happen so crazy what like you know social media has evolved into and I think it's like you know it could be it it could be harmful there's a lot of harmful things about it too but I think there's like this kind of revolution about it there's almost like renaissance of social media where it's also being used as a tool for education or like Mm -hmm. to combat like some of the problems that we see in society like even just thinking like there was like a a horrible hashtag at some point and I remember it just got totally like ruined on Twitter because of all the K-pop stands like BTS mm-hmm. stands like went in and were like ruining it like by just posting their favorite pictures using that hashtag and just ruin that hash like it was, like that's insane like that we just have the power of like people that you're never going to meet in like physical world um mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like a yeah. whole other tangent it also so. pushes like for activism a lot too like i, I yeah. I'll always see like they're like call this person because this has happened and it's like uh-huh. giving attention mm-hmm. to things that otherwise maybe would not get attention i yeah. know like twitter was like when the protests were ha- like that was like the way you followed what was happening was twitter uh, yeah. or facebook yeah. live 
Um, mm-hmm. I knew where things were. Yeah. And, and like extending past that, like there's a lot of activism that takes place on TikTok alone. Like yes. that is like mm-hmm. really doing really positive and effective change because it's connecting people that otherwise wouldn't have talked to each other ever. So yeah, good and yes. bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that we like to do and then we'll kind of wrap up unless Kat, did you have another question? No, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if it comes out, Lily, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing we like to do when we have guests on, just because it's a, a practice that we like to put into our work, because the horror that we're usually covering um, both on screen and societally can be really heavy, right? Like mm-hmm. it could be really daunting. And um, I think it's super important to put people through that and to like, you know, have them kind of look those traumas in the eye. But I think the second part and like an equally important part of filmmaking process is what happens next. And so we always like to kind of uh, ask our other filmmakers and and also ask ourselves when we're approaching these topics is what could what advice do you have for people to help with issues that are covered in your film so like they watched it they feel really bad or really sad or they're kind of living through this thing and now Mm -hmm. they're motivated to do something about it what should they do yeah so for those who are dealing with mental illness or um, I would suggest that definitely get help from wherever you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for anxiety, meditation is probably like one of the major um, ways to go with uh, dealing with anxiety. Also, uh, like yoga. But two, um, know that you're not alone, that there are plenty other people who are going through the same exact thing. Um but definitely get help. Like, don't think mm-hmm. that no one wants to hear you or you're not important. Definitely figure out how to get some help, who you can talk to, you know, talk to your parents or find a, a good friend or a counselor or someone um, who can point you in the right direction for getting help. But always mm-hmm. know you are never alone. For those who are interested in... uh conversing about race relations and issues that uh, people of color face in society. Um, yeah, there's a lot of us around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to have the conversation with you. Um, and who are willing to come from a point of education and understanding? Mm-hmm. Because I, I know that some people feel like they don't really want to have those conversations because they don't want to feel like they're in a position of being like uh, talked down to or having an argument or mm-hmm. blatantly labeled a Karen without even yeah. have those yeah. tendencies. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's plenty of us out here who will definitely have that conversation with you. and are open to having a conversation, are mm-hmm. open to um, understanding your point of view, you know, mm-hmm. because it goes both ways. We cannot ask for someone to understand exactly what we're going through without having an understanding on their end as well. So I think that we definitely need to have more opportunities where um, even if it's just women 
can get in the mm-hmm. room together and mm-hmm. have hard conversations without feeling like uh, they're going to be demonized for maybe having a certain thought. Um, just creating like safe spaces for those conversations. Mm-hmm. I think if we can start this at ground level, then that's how we can start creating change. I just think that um, a lot of the times, like people think they know something. So they think they, they see a certain person, think they know who that person is or how they're going to react without mm-hmm. actually having a, a, a conversation about it. I think I saw uh, this video of this library somewhere where people are the books. So I cannot remember what it was called and probably was on TikTok or something. But if you came into this library, instead of reading a book, you get to learn about another person. And so it can be a person of any ethnic group or whatever, but you would sit down. So say, for instance, if I'm Christian, right, and I want to learn more about Islam, there's a person a Muslim person there that I can sit down with and have a conversation with. So I think when you create more spaces like that, it can start moving the need towards us figuring out, you know, the society and how to make things more um, equal for mm-hmm. all of us. Um, yeah. I know that's a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there are still some people who hold certain types of uh, thoughts about groups, different groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, for those who are open for those conversations, I think definitely seek out ways to create safe spaces to have those conversations. And then when you learn this information, don't just learn and do nothing with it. Figure out ways you can take this information and create change in yourself mm-hmm. and, and in your society. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the power is in the people. Right. And we're, we're, we're starting to really see that because uh, his cat said, we're in a, a peasant's revolt right now. <laughs> like yeah. the people are starting to be like, wait a second, this is not adding up. We don't want to work for nothing. We realize that we can, we realize that's allowed. So we're going to demand what we can demand because we have that exactly. opportunity. Um, and I think like, there is this idea of like, we all have a lot of unlearning to do. Right. Yes. Like we have all been fed very specific narratives since the yes. beginning of our lives. And um, it's it, by having those conversations, we can mm-hmm. start to unlearn and um, kind of s- meet people where they're at and see like mm-hmm. where they're starting from. So we can be like, let's fill in those gaps. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's change, mm-hmm. like, let's change some minds. Um, right. And if we, yeah, if we can do that then yeah, I think we get closer and it doesn't seem as impossible to dismantle those systems. Like it really just takes people realizing that we should want to and that we can. (laughs) Like as soon as people realize like, oh no, it's okay to say like we should abolish prisons. (laughs) Like it's okay to say that. Like it's okay to understand that like there's like food disparities. Like we need, there's so many things to address. Um, And it's okay for us to look at them and be like, that's wrong. (laughs) the way things have been done is wrong exactly and how do we fix this Mm -hmm. what do we need to do to create change you know and I I think if if more of us just if more of us is more open yeah you know it's a a lot of us who are um, like you said they've been fed a narrative and that's what all they've known 
And then the media is a huge narrative <laughs> in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. You know, all types of different narratives to individuals. And it's like, you know, um, just, just be open. Mm-hmm. Just be open. Yeah. 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 And films like these and like, you know, you know, uh, programs like five shorts where we're allowing people to tell those stories. Like we get to do something outside of mainstream media without this other Mm -hmm. like intense or, um, motivation. Like it's the, it's simply just to tell our stories and to share them and for people to see something that they wouldn't see on the TV because they don't want us there. (laughs) But we want us there, so we're right. gonna make it. Um, exactly. <laughs> we have the internet now, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> like you are, you all done. Uh, like all the old people who don't know even <laughs> Twitter, like, ha uh, <laughs> you don't know what goes on there, um, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Vika. This has been amazing, uh, just as amazing as I thought, if not more. Um, <laughs> just like the film (laughs) telling you I was so excited I was like that's it uh and I really do hope people check out the film uh you know you're doing your like film festival circuit yeah um but where can our listeners and viewers find you so that they can keep up with what you're creating with five shorts and and all your other programs as well as like your documentary and so that they know where to look when GRWM is ready Sure. So uh, first and foremost, I want to thank both of you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. I'm happy I finally made it on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yay. I think I an amazing job. I love it. Um, it's very diverse and is very different from um, some of the other things that are out there. So I love it. So thank you so much. Um, you can find me on social media at Five Shorts Project. That's the number five. Shorts, S-H-O-R-T-S, Project. Um, that's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm getting better at Twitter. I'm still working it's on rough. it. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's overwhelming sometimes. It's real. It's a lot yeah. going on. And, um, you can uh, check out the website, fiveshorts.org, um, to find out more information about the project. Um, tomorrow I will be screening my short documentary about my youngest brother. Sometimes I cry in June. Doing that here uh, in Germantown, Philadelphia, at the R House Cultural Center on Germantown Avenue. So yeah, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see the information there um, if you're interested in checking that out. And yeah, I, I'm around, mostly on Instagram though. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you're always posting things on instagram you always got events going on i saw you got your screenwriting workshop like yeah. there's always something where i'm just like yes <laughs> like it's happening um yes well uh kat do you have any last thoughts before we wrap it up uh i hope we do make a film because that'd be really fun uh yes. keep doing yes. it because it's I, I really love your film it's amazing and i can't wait to see what comes out next thank you Yes, yes. That's a that will definitely happen. Um because we make our fun films, but we have been constantly talking about like actually using all this like analysis that we do to <laughs> make some intentionally uh like social horror films. So we'll nice. be we'll be connecting with you when we're definitely. ready to do that. Awesome. I'm looking forward like, to help. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Mika, and don't get married. I'll eat your kids.